This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. to Vet Candy's podcast in other news, a podcast to expand your idea of what is impacting the veterinary world, veterinarians, and all animal care professionals as humans. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Jen and Dr. Jason Chatfield. If you are not yet a Vet Candy subscriber, why not? Subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. You can also sound off, send us something nice. Just let us know how you enjoy the podcast at jen at myvetcandy.com or jason at myvetcandy.com. And our topic today is helping animals during the coronavirus pandemic. In other news, animals around the globe still need our help? Yeah. So, uh, so what's interesting, because you know, like, I guess we're in what, day six um, or seven since the World Health Organization officially declared COVID-19 or SARS coronavirus 2. Kind of uh, feels like day 300, but yeah, it's probably day six, but it certainly feels like day, you know, 7 million. Yeah, but, it, but it's only like uh, in America. Wait, we should qualify that for our international partners. Here in the Candyverse in America, um, it feels like day 300, but it's only like day seven or eight yeah. um, for us of the real crackdown. So animals need our help. Did you know that? Well, I mean... It's my profession, so of course I knew that. Uh, but we're not, you know, we're not talking about it a lot, right? Because right, maybe right or wrong, we're focused on ourselves, right? Let's take care of our species and not worry about anything else first. Okay, we're being incredibly right? speciesist. Yes, right? yeah. terrible. Like, us. Yeah, we're prejudiced towards our um, our own kind. Yes, exactly, yeah. towards our own species. So we're trying to save the humans, but you know, life goes on. The world keeps spinning, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's incredible. So uh, I'm super stoked today. Do you remember, um, Dr. Jason, we had our friend Luke Gamble, Dr. Luke. Luke! How could I forget Luke Gamble? Who could forget Luke Gamble? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, like, but I will say, Luke, we are not <laughs> your siblings. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Luke Gamble was on, and, um, you know, he's an incredible superhero because he started a couple of really effective um, productive global charities, right? And so we focused on Mission Rabies last time. Right. And the News Hounds, um, you guys will remember if you listen to that podcast, how he competed with Jason talking about beard or no beard. And <laughs> I think everything devolved into some sort of competition, right? So yeah. I don't know, whatever. It was great fun, mainly because I won all of them other than that, <laughs> as I remember it. So. It devolved into such competition that Luke could be like an honorary American because he was competitive about everything, right? <laughs> so um, anyway, but we, what we didn't talk about was his even larger, I think it's larger, we'll get the record set straight, but his kind of an umbrella charity um, called Worldwide Veterinary Services. Yeah. And so um, today we actually have, you know, one of the folks who works, I'll say behind the scenes, propping Luke up from behind the scenes and uh, working with the charity, we have Lulu Petal with us. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Lulu. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Oh, Jason, do you hear I know. That? Why do you invite all these folks from across the pond? They just sound better than us. Like it's, <laughs> people are going to be like, be quiet, let them talk. And as we should. I know, Lulu, you already sound like you're a rocket scientist to us Americans, right? I'm um, definitely not, but you know, <laughs> just well, a different accent. <laughs> yes, 
but what you are actually is a veterinary nurse. Yep, that's right. Yeah, I've and been so a veterinary nurse and been working with Luke now for um, over 15 years. Oh my Ooh. gosh, I'm so sorry. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> You're one tough cookie. That's all I know. Yeah. So um, I mentioned the Worldwide Veterinary Services that you work with that arm of the charity and you work on a very specific program, which I find ingenious. Um, and I wish I had thought of something this clever, but I'm going to get the name wrong, but it's, it's, it's not the parcel program, but it's. No, it's kind of a parcel appeal. It's where we're reaching out to charities overseas, the supported charities of ours, that we're basically using supplies that we can get here and sending them out to our supported charities overseas to reach animals where help's needed most and is not available. Okay, so we have to speak like in um, less lofty terms for me, mm-hmm. uh, mostly for Jason, but for me. And so... Are you guys are you basically you're in charge of the veterinary supplies come in, you get those from supportive partners that support you, your charity, and then you package them up, as we say in America. Yep. <laughs> into a parcel that you say in the UK. Yep. <laughs> and then you send them to places where they may or may not be available, readily available for veterinary care. Is that right? Like, like where? Like where like where's one place you send stuff? Well, I send it all over the place. Um, I sent to 66 different countries last year. Oh, yeah. So that's all over. (laughs) Um, Yeah. um, And we reached over 200 charities, roughly sending, generally send over 75 parcels a month. And I think last year was just under short of 1,200 over the course of the year. Oh, And Yeah. Each of those are two kilogram airmail parcels. Basically, the supplies that come into us, um, there is it helps kind of places here as well. We've got wholesalers that end up really sadly disposing of equipment or medication that can still otherwise be used. It's still within its expiry date, but they may have changed their packaging or over-ordered and they send it to me. I then basically look at our supported charities and see where it's needed um, and then we send out the parcels. Um, yeah, you can't you can't use the stuff when it changes the packaging. You just got to get rid of the old stuff and use the new packaging, right? The label's got to be, you know, gotta, <laughs> can't have the old package on it. That's terrible. But, yeah, yeah, that's great. So they throw it away and you, you rescue the, for, for lack of a better term, the drugs, the supplies, the cinnamon. Cool. The people don't care what it looks like so long as it works. Exactly. And it's going to places where um, there's, you know, in some places there literally is – no medication at all and so we're wanting to get it to um vets and refuges in remote places that otherwise can't get these supplies Mm -hmm. and so what like what type of supplies are we talking about because right now i'm thinking like you mean they don't have like paper towels they don't have gauze or they don't have like you know enrofloxacin batrol what like what are you sending (laughs) I mean, it's it's really varied. Some of the biggest requests are for what we would see as really basic supplies, like flea and tick treatment. And you'd think that's readily available everywhere, but it's not. We are sending them for their day-to-day work, but also in case of emergency or um, kind of where there's been war zones or if there's been kind of natural disasters we can also put together almost an emergency response to those but day to day a lot of it is flea and tick treatment pain relief 
anti-inflammatories and antibiotics. We are restricted on what we can send just because of the veterinary regulations within our country and also the transportation of them. Actually, it's quite often the most basic supplies that make the biggest difference. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. And so you're sending, are you sending these to veterinarians in those countries? Or I guess in some countries, they're not so worried about regulation of veterinary medicine, right? Like in a war, a war-torn country, they just need this. Yeah, I think that you're right. Um, In a lot of the countries um, that we are sending to, they're not restricted by regulations. But as a charity ourselves, um, we want to protect the work we do. And we also need to stick to regulations within our country. Therefore, we do make sure that the charities are registered. We find out the details of the vet working there or the vet working with the animals. There are certain supplies, consumables, such as cotton wool, dressings, bandaging, that actually don't need a vet for you to be able to send them. But any prescription-only medicines, we must send those to a registered vet. Yeah, registered vet, yeah. So super, super cool. So are you sending more out with this pandemic situation going on? Has this become a bigger deal for you guys? Or are you working overtime to help? Like we mentioned earlier, we're not talking too much about the pets, uh, but they're probably suffering, you know, as well, especially with supply chain being kind of all kinds of, you know, talk about being screwed up and stuff. Yeah, I think it's important to recognise that we're all facing a challenge at the moment with this pandemic. But it's also really important that the animals don't suffer as a result of us concentrating a bit more on the human race at this time. And so I think we do need to carry on and supporting as best we can. Unfortunately, at this time, we do like to get volunteers out to a lot of our supported places. Obviously, with planes grounded and changes in um, border restrictions and not wanting to kind of increase the spread of the um, virus, we basically got vets grounded at the moment. Because of that, we really want to kind of push getting the part, doing what we can. And at the moment, the best we can do is get the supplies out to the vets that are already there. And Jason, did you hear that a while ago? Did you catch it? Did I catch what? I hope I don't catch anything down here, but what are you talking right. about? But wait, but wait, what Lulu said, it was so what are we like five minutes in, 10 minutes into a podcast? And our British guest said that we must carry on. Yes, carry on. <laughs> she didn't say keep calm. But she no. said, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic, classically British. So, so Lulu, I think we should make the point that right now, um, we're not saying that in the face of this COVID-19, the novel coronavirus, that they're treating the animals for coronavirus. That's not what we're saying. What no. we're saying, because to date, to date, I'm going to say one more time, to date, we <laughs> don't have any evidence that companion animals like dogs and cats or horses or cattle or any other animal except bats (laughs) can transmit the virus to humans and the unknown at this date intermediate uh, host for the coronavirus that has yet to be named. So it's not like you're sending supplies to treat the animals for coronavirus. You're sending supplies to continue to maintain a standard of care for those animals despite the world being in a lockdown because of a pandemic, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think at the moment, um, we all are slightly in uncertain times um, with this pandemic. And But I think it's really important that the work is continued with these animals. I think animal welfare still needs to be a priority, despite us 
having to change a lot in our daily lives. And therefore, really, yes, we're just continuing to supply these charities. I think there is going to be increased demand for these um, parcels and supplies. um, And that's primarily going to be because of disruptions in chains of deliveries otherwise um, within the country and also the vets that are you know, we're not yeah. I'm surprised there hasn't been, uh, or maybe you did say there was, but there hasn't been an increase in, in demand for, for your service because your service is unique and kind of is, is one way they can kind of skirt and get around all the restrictions that are, you know, ever, ever seen this before we're in a worldwide situation. So it's really difficult to do that. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think it's really important to, for us also to be able to, you know, let them know that we are still available and we are still able to offer the help that we always have. Can you tell us a little bit about, because some of our listeners, the news hounds in the Candyverse may not be aware. I know they better be aware of Mission Rabies, but they may not be aware of uh, Worldwide Veterinary Services, WVS. So tell us about that broader charity. So um, WVS um, was set up by Luke Gamble, who is our CEO, as you mentioned before, and Mission Rabies is the sister charity to um, WVS. Um, it was actually set up um, when Luke and I were working together back oh. many years ago. Um, it was it first we founded. Apologize. We apologize for your for your lot in life. <laughs> 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 so good. Um, and that was in 2003. And it was basically with the aim to um, improve animal welfare. Um, we've set up training um, centres, training vets. You know, the parcel appeal is just a um, very small section of the work we do. But an important one, I think. Because, I mean, yeah. you can have a veterinarian there all day long. If, uh, Like as a veterinarian, if I'm there with no stuff, it's pretty hard for me to make the magic happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. And basically, we just aim to get as well as the supplies out to places where they're not readily available. We also aim to get vets, veterinary staff and volunteers um, also out to some of the more remote areas um, where no one else can really. Yeah. And you mentioned that, um, well, we said you're a veterinary nurse and you just informed us that that you actually met uh, and started working with Luke in practice. And so did you work in small animal practice, large animal, mixed? So when we first started working together, I was a trainee and so I was 17. um, So I was quite young. We were a vet nurse team in a mixed animal practice. Um, Both actually left that practice on the same day. Due to me being part of um, Luke's next venture, he then set up a traditional mixed animal practice um, here in Dorset, at which point I became his head nurse. And then I went on to be the practice manager. Were you supposed to manage Luke? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's no way you could get paid enough for that job. (laughs) Uh, I've known him long enough. (laughs) So yeah, I then practice managed. I took a bit of time out um, with my family. And when I, uh, I tried to take a career break, thinking that was the best thing for me. It lasted all of six weeks um, when I realised that I couldn't leave the veterinary world. And at that point, I became part of the team at WVS. But obviously, I'd always had WVS in my sights because it was founded at that first practice we worked together. And so I'd always kind of known what was going on. I'd volunteered on trips. Um, But yeah. So you volunteered to go into the field. And so where, where did you go? Well, last year, actually, I went to um, Thailand and Laos. 
So I um, went to our international training center um, mm-hmm. in Thailand um, just to see how things were going there. And then also went to one of our supported elephant um, charities. And then when I was in Laos, I worked with um, some moon bears um, at a, a place there. And we also basically wanted to manage a, I basically project project managed um in Laos, basically, there was an elephant that um, is kept in good conditions during the day with a mahout, um, free to roam, and was doing really great. But unfortunately, at night, was being chained up just mm-hmm. because they didn't have the ability to contain her. And so, yep. we, so we set about um, setting up a project to be able to build a big fence around a huge island that has basically allowed her to be chain free day and night. And that's just, oh my just coming to an end now. So, yeah, she's going to be pain free. Yeah. How and wonderful is that? Yeah, amazing. Really good. Yeah. And the fact that you, like, so when you're putting these packages together, do you determine what goes in the box to, based on where it's going? Yes, I do. Um, there is a certain amount of, I will send out kind of a general dispatch news. So if I've got a lot of supplies of one to, one item, I will send out to our supported charities um, seeing who's in need um, and then, then send out bulk orders like that. But also um, on a one-to-one basis, I spend a lot of my time just keeping in contact with our charities so I know their needs. I have their wish lists if um, something comes up that I think actually I remember so-and-so needed that, then I put that together. But it was like like a a pull, like it truly, rather than a push, it's a pull of the supplies into the area by the the people in the local area that you're sending it to, rather than you pushing what you think they need. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important that we're sending, you know, we're not sending parcels that they don't want or are not going to use. I think, you know, just sending out bulk supplies isn't the way to go about it. We need to send out what is essential to each individual supported charity. And that is going to vary dependent on country, the species they're treating, how many they've got in, whether they're vets, whether they're just volunteers, whether they're treating community animals. There's a lot of different factors that really kind of you need to take into account. Wow. Wow. Seems a bit labor intensive. I know. Super labor intensive. Yes, I'm back. I know I surprised you. I disappeared. <laughs> but I'm back. Here I am. Yay. Uh, but that does seem super labor intensive. Yes. I, I, think it's, I think it's just important to keep it um, quite personal and to be able to really get to know those charities and the people that are at the forefront of working and help in those areas and helping those animals. And I'd much rather keep it that way. Yeah. Really. So, no, I, that's the absolute right way to do it. 100%. Send them only what they need. Otherwise, you're getting partial stuff that other people don't want, sending it to more people who don't want the same stuff. And that's like a big waste of time. So it just seems uh, labor intensive. I'm glad you guys are able to do that. It's really good. Yeah. So it does sound labor intensive. And you mentioned a family earlier, and she was working as a veterinary nurse. So on the other side of this break, News Hounds, we're going to find out how is this woman managing all of this? <laughs> and the personal contacts with the charities in the field and the couple of international trips and the family. Like, I'm just, my mind is already boggled. So stay with us. We're going to pay some bills and we'll see you on the other side. 
That candy makes your life easier with scientific news, clinical updates, and expert lifestyle tips. Sign up for free at MyFatCandy.com and start making your life sweeter. Oh, sure. It's all fun and games until someone ends up in a cone. That's right. We are animals. Deal with it. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome back, where we are with Lulu Petal, and um, she does have uh, that lovely British accent, and she's with Worldwide Veterinary Services, and their Parcel of People program, and she's managing that. She's a veterinary nurse. We've discovered that as well, and she has a family of some kind, because she mentioned that. So already, I'm thinking your calendar is full. Like, what all are you managing on a daily basis, Lulu? I think, you know, from a parenting point of view, once you've got young children, you do learn to juggle quite well. So it was really important to me um, to still be involved with animal work. And as I said earlier, I did think, oh, I'll take a career break because I need to concentrate on my family. And as much as I, you know, I do concentrate on my family, I took six weeks off and was like, I can't go without working in the veterinary world and so I immediately came back and that's when I came to the charity. I am really lucky that I'm in a position that my work is quite flexible. I can keep in contact with my charities from home as well as at work and that doesn't worry me that there's not a kind of some people don't like that boundary to be crossed whereas I'm happy to be on my laptop at home. So yeah I think I'm you know I'm really lucky um, to be able to um, fit it all in really. (laughs) So right now, um, during the pandemic, because I know we we have a lot of restrictions happening in the United States for people with social distancing being um, encouraged, if not imposed in some areas of the country. What like what's going on there in the UK? Has it impacted your daily life? I think it probably is impacting um, most people's daily life. I personally am a really laid back person. And I think (laughs) dependent on your character depends on how you deal with this kind of pandemic that's going on. Basically, they've just closed the schools as of today. Um, So, yeah, children will be home as of today. Um, I think one of the biggest things is there's no time scale on these things. So we've all been told our children are home with us, but we've no idea how long for. Some say till after the Easter break. Some say they won't be back till next month. September, um, that naturally um, is having quite a knock-on effect on workforces. Um, they are trying to keep key workers, children's within school, and so that should help really with regards to the NHS and the pressure that's on them at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think as of today, they've just closed all of the pubs. So just to really, um, you said that was such a sorrowful face. Like that was really hard on you. <laughs> <laughs> And now we know how you manage everything. Do we need to know something? <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> um, I think I think when British people have been told that we need to, you know, kind of have social distancing, some people still quite fancied going to the pub. And so now they've just put that ban in place to help reduce that. And I think it's a case of just protecting, you know, protecting everyone, really. There's vulnerable people out there um, that are much more at risk than the likes of myself. And I think we have to look out for each other as a community. We should be looking out for our elderly neighbours that can't, you know, otherwise get out at the moment and perhaps can't get the supplies they need either. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's sort of what happened over here. They closed the schools. Then a few days later, they closed the restaurants. And then very lastly, they said, you can't go to the, I don't know what a pub is, but we we have where you go get alcoholic beverages. And so you can't go to the bars here and hang out close to your buddies. So that's sort yeah. of the same same deal. So Yeah, yeah same. Grocery stores, are your grocery stores bare? So our grocery stores are fairly bare. The first thing to disappear, you just thought it was a gastric bug. Toilet rolls became um, a major issue here in the UK. Makes no sense. Yeah, literally. Toilet rolls and hand sanitizer, you know, if you've got a cupboard full of those, then you could be a millionaire next week. Yeah. Well, hand sanitizer almost makes sense if you were being clean, but I still can't really understand the worldwide phenomenon that is go get the toilet paper as fast as you can because it's going out of style. I don't, yeah. I don't understand, it, but it's no, it's I, happening. So. No, I don't understand it either. And I think, you know, we need to be sensible. I think, you know, we can get a bit selfish over these things. And um, mm-hmm. there are definitely some people out there, but, you know, not thinking about others when it comes to grocery shopping. So you didn't stockpile some, you're not having a side hustle where you're selling toilet paper out the back door or anything like that. <laughs> Definitely not. And as I said earlier, I am I'm a really chilled out kind of character. And so I've not even done this panic buying. I mean, those that have done this stockpiling will probably be laughing at me in a couple of weeks time when I'm, you know, just eating rice. But (laughs) (laughs) there's worse things. There's worse things. You have rice to eat, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I do want to mention um, at least once, probably at least three times, but at least once now, we're going to put up a link along with this podcast to the parcel. I got I keep wanting to call it parcel program, but it's not that it's a parcel. Well, it's, it's better than the aid, you know, it's part, it's a parcel appeal um, that we've put in place really, because just with the increased need for us to send these supplies and the fact that at the moment really sadly we feel kind of restrained in that we can't send help in other ways Mm -hmm. and we can't send the teams out that we want to we really want to concentrate on what we can do and Mm -hmm. what we can do is get these veterinary parcel aid out to our supporter charities and so yeah we yeah that's what I mean I just love that Jason wouldn't you love to receive a veterinary parcel aid I would I was gonna say you may feel like you're doing you know it's what you only thing you can do but the folks that are getting it are super happy and I would love to get one that'd be great although it's kind of I'm not really needing things so don't don't waste your time sending me stuff but it's really cool it would just be lovely to say yes and today I received my veterinary parcel aid yes But if people want to contribute monetarily, I believe that is, but they can find out how they can um, support the parcel appeal and sending out the veterinary parcel aids at um, go.wvs.org.uk slash parcels. And we'll put that link up though. Uh, don't don't try to write it down, listeners. We'll put it up. Uh, you'll find it on the episode notes, I think is what they call that page. So we'll have that for you there. Otherwise, if you forget, you can I likely just go to the WVS homepage, wvs.org.uk, um, I think, and and, uh, and find the information there. So, Or you could just rewind the podcast, you know, a whole bunch of times and listen to it again and again and again. That's also another option. It, no, I'm just saying. It is, Jason. Yes. I, I forget about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Always an option. Always an option. But Lulu, is there something um, that you, that, what is the, the thing that you wish that people most understood about the efforts and the programs that WVS has? 
What do you wish that every single person would know? I think it's just the appreciation that the countries we're in, we, you know, myself and yourselves, we're, I would class us as very fortunate from a animal welfare and veterinary point of view. And I think even working within the charity, my eyes weren't fully opened to some of the scenes and situations that you come across in other less fortunate places. I think there's still a lot of education to be done over animal welfare in some of these um, countries. And even in, you know, the countries where they do understand and there is help available, there is just not the, you know, there's not the resources that we have here. So even with the best will in the world and, you know, I, I get these stories and I'm humbled by them and these people that are trying to do their absolute best, but they just haven't got the resources. And I think being able to provide that and realising that actually there is a distinct lack of that elsewhere, I just think is massively important. Oh my gosh. How inspirational was that? Why seriously? I'm like, oh, I feel terrible because oh yeah, we are. We do should we should feel lucky where we live for a lot of reasons. And sometimes we forget, right? So it's just great. We should we should click on that link and do what we can to help. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh, I feel like a super schlep now. I'm doing nothing. You are one, but it's okay. Like, what am I doing? So anyhow, if you too feel like a schlep, check out the website that we're putting on there and get involved and help. Um now. We're going to move to uh, what our uh, regular news hounds might recognize as the content-free and game portion Mm. of the podcast. And so uh, we did give our guests a little bit of notice. For the uh, first time ever. The first time ever. (laughs) (laughs) Usually Dr. Jen doesn't even tell me. She just pops this game on us and we're just looking at her like, are you crazy lady? We don't want to do this. Um, anyway, uh, so if you like our games, uh, you can email me. And if you don't like them, well, um, you could keep it to yourself. That's correct. Uh, (laughs) So we're going to play a game. So we're going to ask Lulu if she knows the meaning of some American terms. And she is going to ask us if we know the meaning of some British terms. Okay. And so, and we'll see, we'll see who wins. Now, if you have a term that you think is of great interest, then you can email it to us at jen at myvetcandy.com. And uh, if we pick yours and we share your term and its meaning, whether it's American or British, and we share it on a future episode, we're going to send you some vet candy swag. That's right. Everybody loves some swag. So if we don't mention your favorite British or American term, hey, send it to us. Send it to us and we'll send you some swag if we pick it. If we pick it. Okay. Are you ready, Lulu? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So it I'm going to get ready. I'm not ready. Jason's not ready? You don't have Okay. So um, the first one I'm going to ask you about is, do you know what a touchdown is? Touchdown. Now, I think it was something to do with sport. Yes. Okay, so I think here it might be related to rugby, but I'm going for there, American football. Yes, 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 okay. Do you know how many points it's worth? How many points? Uh, Let's go for three. Close. But not 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 quite. (laughs) Let's call it halfway there. Halfway there. Okay, okay. definitely six then. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Good. Okay. So now what do you have for us? What's a British term? Ask us. I'm ready. We watch a lot of movies, Lulu, and a lot of TV. Okay. Let's go for 
So, what do you think spend a penny means? I think it means to spend a penny. <laughs> I'm like, what? the shops. <laughs> I don't have any idea. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it like a, um, like a dime store? Is it like a, like a, <laughs> no? A store? No, no afraid not. You, you know what? I'm going to, don't say, it. use it in a sentence. Yeah, so use it in a sentence. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm really going to have to leave this podcast now to go and spend a penny. Oh, to go shopping, right? No. <laughs> That's what I would have thought. Go shopping. Sarah, what is it? What does it mean? Hold it is, on. It is to go I to think it's toilet. something totally different, right? It's not it's even close. To the toilet? To the toilet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it comes back to when you used to, there's still occasionally in like railway stations, you have to actually um, okay. put a little bit of money in to get <laughs> to the um, turnstile and um, to go yeah. to the toilets. That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. But actually, I'm fine. I don't need to spend any. Oh, well, thank, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, Jason, how many Doctor Who episodes have you watched and you've never a heard that? A ton, and I, I, don't, I don't believe uh, I've, I've heard of that. So. Okay, do you, do you have a phrase or colloquialism you want to ask if Lulu knows? I have a distinctly American one that dates back to history. We'll see. We'll see. This may bring up a, a sore subject between us, but we'll see. I need your John Hancock, please. Oh, you what? Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to use it in a sentence, right? Okay, so if I'm asking for your John Hancock, what would I be asking you for, Lulu? I think you are asking me for my signature. Very good, very good. I'm very proud that you know that. You're killing us. You're two to nothing here. No, yeah, two to nothing. We didn't get any right. That's right. That's right. Okay. I thought I would get you on that one. That's, that's, uh, that's very uniquely American on that one. Okay, okay. Go ahead now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna go to go. Cross monkeys. What? Cross monkeys? Brass. Brass monkeys. It's brass monkeys. Listen, that's a song by the Beastie Boys. Is that it? This is a a phrase as such. I'll put it in context. Okay. You need to wear a cape today. It's brass monkeys. It's raining. Uh, Close. Close. It's cold. Yeah, it's freezing. It's brass monkeys. I'm going to use all of these tomorrow. I'll never use that one, but I'm going to use it. I think that's fantastic. Brass monkeys. Brass monkeys. Not the funky monkey, but the brass monkey. <laughs> Definitely brass monkeys. It's brass monkeys today. Okay. Okay. Here is the final, like a final American one for you. Ready? Okay. Because then I'm going to ask you about royal news. Okay. So American one is, okay. <laughs> see a man about a horse. Oh, see, we have see a man about a dog. Oh, we have see a man about a horse. Like, excuse me, I've got to go see a man about a horse. It means you're just going to go and speak to somebody about something that you don't necessarily want to want the other person to know. It's like I'm going for a little private chat. You know, if you were going to, you know, go and talk to something, talk to someone. Nope. Something, you, yeah, you'd nope. go and see a man about a dog in the UK. But see a man about a horse does not mean that in the United States. Oh, right. what does a horse mean, Dr. Jen? It means I'm going to go spend a penny. That's right. That does it. <laughs> Yeah, we can't. We don't. We didn't ask to explain any of it. We just use them. Go ahead and explain brass monkey to us. All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, see a man about a dog. No, 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 no. 
Okay. All right. So um, let's see. So you got you got one more. Let's see. Okay. And what am I going to go for? We're over two. I'm going to go for hunky dory. Oh, everything's great. Hunky dory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. We'll end on a one it's shared. Yeah, because we say the same thing. We say, oh, yeah. everything's hunky dory. That's hunky dory. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it. I like it. Okay. So now next question, next cultural question, potentially offensive, but I'm asking it. So, you know, you guys have an American, well, she used to be a princess. I don't think she is now, right? But so who do you like better, (laughs) Megan or Kate? Oh, that's that's quite a tricky one. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm not myself, and it's obviously a very personal, everybody's got a different opinion over this. Oh, yeah. Because we had Brexit and Mexit. Yes, we do. Yeah. I actually think if they want to part and they want to have a more normal life, as they say, outside of royal duties, then I think fair enough to them, actually, to be able to stand up, make that decision. And yeah, I think fair play to them. I think, you know, he probably realises he's not high up the list of... Like seventh or something? Yeah, exactly. And so then, you know, if he doesn't want to be involved um, in as many duties as he is, and he wants to concentrate on his family, then I think, to be fair, he's always been a bit of a rebel of the royal family. And I quite like that about him. And yeah, yeah, I'm not offended by it at all. Awesome. That's an excellent answer. I Good. love it. I love it. Okay. Is um, it true that, that you guys over across the pond spend all your days and nights worrying about what's happening with the royal family? Because us Americans, we think that you guys, all you do is read about it, talk about it, worry about it. Is that, is that true? Is that fact or fiction on that one? Yeah. Uh, I think for some people, it probably <laughs> would be fact if I'm honest. Uh, for, for you, I'm talking for you. Um, you. You consume that like no one's business. Um, for me, I no, like I don't lose sleep over what the royal family is up to. If I'm honest, <laughs> um, but it's definitely not something that um, makes me lose sleep. Busy packing but, parcels. Yeah, yeah I'm too right. busy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, packing parcels to send veterinary aid parcels. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely higher up the priority list for me. Can you say uh, it one more time? veterinary aid parcel veterinary aid parcel (laughs) veterinary veterinary oh my gosh i love that i love that well this has been so fantastic i really really i think we all we really love what worldwide veterinary service and mission rabies and you and dr luke gamble our friend which we so we tease him incessantly but we love him here at vet candy we really really are proud that veterinarians are doing that kind of work proud that the veterinary profession is engaged at that level and so so happy to meet you and um and support the work that you're doing as well it's just incredible just incredible thank you very much it's it's really great to have your support um and yeah we really really appreciate you speaking to us yeah and so um everyone uh, go to the link you'll find it in the episode notes or you can go to go go dot wvs dot org dot uk slash parcels if you want to see how you can get involved and support the um veterinary aid parcels and uh, lulu can pack up a box with your help to send to an area that is uh, particularly hard hit by the isolation that's come about uh subsequent to the pandemic coronavirus so um once again lulu thank you so very much for joining us here on in other news thank you very much yep and uh and uh enlightening us and expanding our horizons a little bit 
um, with spending a penny. And so, so that is all that we have uh, for you guys today from In Other News. I'm Dr. Jen coming to you from the farm. And I'm Dr. Jason coming to you from the sauna. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time on In Other News. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.